You are listening to the Theosophia Podcast, a platform for women's voices and theology, curated by Sarah Elizabeth Smith and Kelsey Davis. Be sure to check out our Patreon page at Patreon slash Theosophia, and consider supporting this Labor of Love project for women's empowerment. This week is part two with the Reverend Chelsea Yarborough. Chelsea is a PhD candidate at Vanderbilt in homiletics and liturgics in the Graduate Department of Religion. If you missed last week's conversation, I'd highly recommend listening to that first episode. As one of our friends commented, it is completely and utterly a delicious conversation on Chelsea's notion that if it's not dialogical, it's not ethical. This second episode echoes this ethical framework as a way homiletics and preaching or how the process of homiletics and preaching should be transformative, authentic, real, and vulnerable. Y'all, this one is full of wisdom bombs again, so you may have to listen to it twice like I did. Hope y'all enjoy. Here's the Reverend Chelsea Yarborough. Um... I had an interesting encounter this weekend. I was, um, I got the Young Alumni Award from my high school, which was perplexing to me because everyone else I felt like had done so many other things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've done enough. It was cool. But what was great was a friend of mine called me right after and was congratulating me. And I was like, I can't believe I got it. And she said something that like, I think will forever have a print in my heart. She said, at some point, you will realize that your being is enough to be awarded. She was like, you were listening to your accolades. She goes, but someone probably said your name and the feeling that people got just from who you are made it enough to award you. And she was like, your being is worth being celebrated. And what you do is the bonus. Your doing is not the thing that's celebrated and your being is the bonus. It's the opposite. And I thought about that, like, man, what if we just celebrated each other for showing up? (laughs) Like just for like doing this thing called life and trying to do it well. And so I'm certainly trying to figure it out still, but I think that I feel excited about the place that I'm in because one of the, because I feel free and I feel free to discover and free to be like, yeah, that was me yesterday, but it's not me today. Sorry, kids. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, kiddos. So yeah, that's, that's my finding, but it's intentional. You know, it doesn't just come. I don't think you just go through life lackadaisically not looking for nothing and things just well that's not true sometimes things surprise you but I think you have to be intentional about becoming in a way that you want to be because we're being formed every day but to choose the how you're being formed is an important part of being well I think Mm. it is an important part of being well and um congratulations I'm sorry (laughs) congratulations on your award oh thank you thank you it is really cool and I love what your friend said you know just your being is what is being acknowledged and loved and you're doing the secondary to that um that resonates deeply with me and I'm sure it resonates with a lot of other people that are listening to this podcast right now also um and that's that's sometimes a harder truth to believe right Mm -hmm. that like you showing up doing you and doing what you can on the day or in the moment like that is the that is the belovedness it's just you Chelsea it's not not you 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 plus you know a papers and (laughs) blowing stuff up even though you do all that you know um 
I just, I love that. I love that so much. Um, and that is the unchanging truth. And, yeah. and I wonder too, what would happen to our circle, our circles of influence, you know, call it friendship or coworkers or whatever relation, whatever relationality is going on. But if we actually um, really witness each other as the beloved from that place of good enough. First, yeah. Right. I think and everything would change. Everything would change. And also good enough in, in process. Yes. Right. And so yeah. um, that we are, we're actively becoming together. And, and I love what you said earlier in the podcast that, that there are some things that, you know, you may have proclaimed at one point, that now, you know, it's different. It's yes. different. And that's so honoring to the process of, of becoming, um, you know, and as a big theological concept, maybe even the process is what, that's really what sanctification is really about, mm. is the openness to just continuously find who we are and what it means to be on this earth um, mm-hmm. from, from a loving and, and grounded life-giving liberating standpoint yes and so then you become in dialogue even with your own self that's right um recently i reached out to an old friend of mine and my text message to her um and i was not feeling doing this but i felt so compelled to do it and i'm so glad i did i said i'm sorry for being the problematic person in your life and i said i'm sure it is really hard for you to see how people are like oh my gosh chelsea's so compassionate and kind and not messy, and not full of gossip, and you know a whole different me. Mm-hmm. And I said, so I know that I caused harm. Um, I sure, certainly can tell you all of the ways in which it was rooted in my own trauma and blah, 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 but that's not what this apology is about. My apology is that I'm sorry for being a problematic person in your life, and for you having to sit front row to everyone seeing something else. Mm-hmm. And it, I would have never done that two years ago, much less, much less 10 years ago, like two years ago. But what I realized is that in order to be your genuine self, you also have to be willing to be wrong and to say, I'm sorry. And to also know that I'm sorry might not be enough. Um, and to live with that truth so that it makes you better for the next person. There every, all of us have casualties to our process. Um, and that's, that's the way life works. I'm a casualty to someone else's process. And that's, that sucks. Right. But I think that it makes us human and it also makes us compassionate to the ever evolving self of the people around us so that I can, so that we can sit in their messiness. People's messiness doesn't scare me anymore. It used to, I'd be like, nah, you're messy. Now I'm like, why are you messy? Like what's going on? But only because I was willing to sit in my own crap and be like, oh, like that's why you tend to whatever fabricate stuff is because you feel like your truth is not good enough. Well, what happens when your truth just is what it is, whether it's good enough or not. So that's my like counseling. It's just like, also go to counseling if you can. <laughs> I know we all don't have access to it, but if you do go, because I think it helps us not just to be more whole, but also to live into the practice of not fragmenting others so that they don't have to work only what you said to be more whole in their own skin. Right. It's powerful, Chelsea. Caveat, <laughs> sorry. That's what my brain. Do not apologize. It's, I'm hearing you. I'm taking in what you're saying because you're you're preaching and speaking to me. Um and um, you know, I love your courage to do your own work. Right? Like 
the courage to do our own work and to, to sit in the mess mm. um, and have that, ha do the homiletics in our own space first, right? Have the conversation mm -hmm. with ourselves. Um, and, and those practices might look differently for different people, right? Like for me, I love, I'm a kinesthete. I love to be on the move. And, and the, so for me, the best place to have those conversations are on a run or in a hike in the woods mm -hmm. or, um, you know, walking my dog even around the block. Those are the moments where I feel like I can really um, have a conversation and I talk to myself, you know, and I, I address myself as Kelsey, you know, yes. and, and I've been doing some inner child work. Mm. And so I've been talking to some of the former versions of myself growing up. Yeah. And I feel myself being transformed in that process. Wow. And so that is a homiletical event. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, so then the hope is, you know, I have the opportunity to be a public speaker and to be preaching is that when I do come into the pulpit or when I am in a coffee shop or around a table with people, that the words that I am speaking are authentic words that have come through a conversation with myself and my God first. Mm. And then, and then hopefully through my community too, right? These are not words that are being spoken in isolation um, or from a place that is unprocessed. Like we have to have responsibility in the way that we are speaking accountability in the way that we are speaking because words matter. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I'm wondering for you too, like, um, does that resonate with you? And, you know, like, are you, are you finding spaces to have those conversations with yourself? You said in counseling, mm -hmm. but you know, on your own, on your own journey to also prepare you for the public, the public flat platform to, to preach or to teach or to speak. Yes, definitely. Yeah. First of all, I can see you're hella oily. That was so good. <laughs> yes. Oily translated. <laughs> dope amazing phenomenal <laughs> rock with the spirit however you want to have it um but uh i think that one of the so i've been preaching a lot lately um more normal which way more than i expected to so normally i preach maybe like once every month or so i've been preaching like three times a month which is a lot for an itinerant preacher who's like not necessarily <laughs> broadcasting themselves. And so like, Oh, this is interesting. This is, and it's a lot of different places. We preach predominantly white churches, predominantly black churches, multicultural churches, big church. It's been so strange, different denominations. Um, a lot of times been my students like come preach for my internship. I'm like, sure. And I say that to say that what I'm learning, what I learned for a second is that I was preaching so cognitively that I was not letting it work on me. And so one of my practices of dialogue is committing to not preach a, not, not preaching a sermon that hasn't literally preached to me. Mm. And I mean like ugly cry preached to me or however, however it needed to, to write on me and to speak to me. If it hasn't done that, then not speaking it. Um, and that has been my prayer. The last time it got real tight. I had two sermons, one that I had know that has helped me and transformed me and one that I wanted to preach, <laughs> but like it hadn't hit me yet. And it hit me during the pre-sermonic song in the pulpit. And I felt okay to preach it after that. And it was a strange transition because I had to get myself together kind of quick, but it was one of those things where it was, it's just like, when I say preach to me, not just 
like that there is a word in there that is handpicked for me from spirit so that I can preach from that space of vulnerability and tenderness and not from a, you should get this because I've already got it. And so I preach in process with the hearer. And that is a commitment of mine as far as the public platform. But I also, when I teach, I try not to say things that I don't live. <laughs> um, or if I'm not living it, I tell my students like, <laughs> this is proclaimed, I ain't practiced this yet, maybe we can try it together. Um, because what I don't ever want to do is perform Chelsea instead of be Chelsea. And I can perform like the best of them. And I can be out here looking like a superstar unicorn and be dying inside. I've done that before. Um, one of the images that comes to me from a season of real crisis was I, I said, I feel like I, I'm in a street screaming with confetti around me and everyone sees a party and I see a mess and no one is attending to me because they're like, she's in a party. And I'm like, I'm in a bunch of torn up paper. Help me. Mm -hmm. um, but being willing to say, no, help me. I know this is what you see, but this is not what's going on. And so, yeah, I think those are my questions to myself is, am I being real? Um, I cried in the pulpit one time I was preaching. So I, one of the examples I used was these children getting shot up in these schools. And I said it and I said, oh, shoot, <laughs> I'm about to ugly cry. Like I couldn't and I couldn't stop it. And I said, I have to pause for a second. And I let myself cry and I was embarrassed. Oh, my God, Kelsey, I was so embarrassed. I was like, I did not want to go to the receiving line. I was like, this was horrendous. Like, Chelsea, you just wept. You just let your wounds just bleed all over. Yo. People came through that receiving line like, thank you. I've been wanting to cry about that, but like just haven't had space. Like, oh, I guess we should We Literally someone said, I guess that really should grieve me. I'm like, probably. <laughs> and so knowing that also your messy vulnerability can help someone. I won't help everybody, but can help somebody too. I don't know. That's the dialogue I've been having with myself, especially about the public platform is making sure that what comes out of my mouth has already worked its way through my body and my spirit um, so that I know what's my truth and not just what I think people want to hear or mm. what will rile them up. Let's name all the ills of the world. People are like, Ooh, and you're like, no, this is not, this is not the prophetic because y'all are about to go to brunch and not do anything differently. Um, but if I know it has shifted me in a way, I have a, I'm willing to invite others to consider the same. Mm. Mm. Chelsea, you, you have given us so much to, to think about, to ruminate on, and, and most of all, to, to try to live. Mm. And I thank you for that. You are, your being and the way that you move through the world is a gift. And you know, I'm lucky enough to get to call you my friend. Yeah, you um, do. And to, to be shaped by you and um, as well as so many other people. And, you know, I, I can't wait to just continue to hear you and to learn from you and with you and discover what it is that we're trying to be and do while we are on this planet. Absolutely. Um, and you know, the, the word that, that I keep hearing is, is that piece of authenticity and, and now vulnerability too. I hear that. Mm. Um, and I had the, the chance to hear you preach, you know, a few times. And one of the times I heard you preach, you were preaching on the good Samaritan and you wept and I remember it was the first time having seen um, a preacher weep from the pulpit. 
and what oh, that, you were there. That was yeah, the one I was. I was there. I was there, and it's what that did to my consciousness and what that did to my spirit. I mean, you offered, um, you offered a gift that I can't even name because it's so deep. And, you know, for the first time, I felt like I was really actually experiencing the spirit of God in the pulpit preaching, like God's light and face was shining upon you and through you. Um, And it also, and maybe we can circle back at some point to do another episode all about lament and the importance of lament um, as part of our traditions um, and as part of of our faith um, Mm -hmm. and many of our faith traditions. But that was the first time of of seeing the weeping, um, the weeping God. And it was, it was pretty powerful. And so I say yes to vulnerability. Um, but vulnerability and authenticity, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, there's a responsibility to that, that that's really important as well. Um, so thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for everything you've shared on this, this, this podcast. And, um, you know, I'm wondering before we wrap it up, if there's anything, any other word you want to offer to our listeners or um, anything else you want to want to say to us? Yeah. Hey. Oh no. First, <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. This has been truly generative from our own thought process. Um, as I certainly still feel like I'm in a bit of a call crisis and it's not a crisis that is without care and compassion from the God for whom I serve, but, and live with and love with, but it is indeed still a crisis. And still, it was helpful to hear some of my own thoughts out loud. So thank you for that. Um, I think my bigger, biggest thing that I want to reiterate is that, particularly because we have been talking about individualism before we hopped on here, is that um, if you can find you a community that supports your being, um, there's a poem by Nair Waid that says, a friend is someone who supports your breath. And I have that on my wall because when I'm surrounded by people who are considering my CV lines over my well-being, I'm reminded that they're not my friends um, and that that's okay, but that I do need friends. And so this work is hard. This work is vulnerable. This work is messy. And some days you show up and you're like, nah, I really don't got it. And that's okay. And you need people that are willing to say, okay, you don't have it today, but also remind you that like, you can get, you can get back up again or keep going. And so um, like, to know I can call across the country to my girl, Kelsey, and say, yo, I'm struggling for real. And that I can have a real genuine ear matters. And so my hope for all the hearers and whomever is that, you know, you don't try to do this work in isolation because I think spirit has created us to be communal um, and that that community is not an option <laughs> for the work. So, yeah. Mm, beautiful, Chels. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelsey and Chelsea, for sharing such a beautiful conversation with us. I have so many things I'm chewing on. I mean, thinking about preaching as a way of living, a way of practicing loving others, and being real and vulnerable and present to the Spirit, like, I can't. That was so much good stuff, y'all. Thank you. Join us next week, y'all, as we will be featuring a special guest to honor Pride Month. 
Also, folks who are going to Wild Goose Festival, Kelsey and I will be doing a live podcast on Friday, July 12th at 1 p.m. Hope to see some of y'all there. As always, be sure to stay in touch with us on all of our social media platforms and visit our Patreon page and consider supporting the Theosophia podcast. See y'all next week. Peace. Thank you.